Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. so great that is so so great and uh, nice to be nice to be together with you hey I'm Fraser's taken us through a few of the things that are happening uh, as we go into 2021 but just for a little recap on one or two other things to let you know about in, in February we're starting the series that um, will represent um, who and what we are through the year we're calling it pilgrims um, journeying into the wild so um, in the meantime we're doing these five Sundays of Um, Unexpected Journeys, which I'll get into in a sec. Um, We'll be doing community groups. They'll be launching in the um, sort of around about the middle of February, and they'll be a fortnightly, and we'll be intersecting them the alternate weeks with something we're calling Trove, which is a new thing, um, which is going to be Fran and me sort of sharing a a kind of a, a combined um, gathering to go deeper, and we've sort of tagged it particularly for the board, the stuck, the uncertain, and the curious. So if you're one of those things or you're just curious about the board, the stuck, the uncertain, the curious, is your opportunity to come along. And so we're going to look to go deeper. That'll be the alternate weeks to the home group night. So I hope, hope you'll join us for that. We're also building a chapel upstairs. And um, this week we started, which was just fantastic. So this is Cameron Stewart, who's our builder, part of this congregation here. And um, we are underway. So we really look forward to um, showing that off to you. Um, we can take you up later if you want to, just to see the space if you haven't seen it before. Um, but it's, it's, no, it's no further advanced than this. But in a, in a few weeks' time, um, we will be pretty ready. And then in March, like Fraser says, we'll be at Camp Out. Um, and then, yes, this is, um, don't, don't kids grow, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we'll be at Camp Out making car, sandcastle cars or something like that. Um, this is from our last Camp Out. So do book in at the Parkery Holiday Park, um, and um, all of the instructions are on our Whāranui page, or the email, the pastor's email I sent you this week has got the instructions of how to do it. So hopefully, um, one or two people have had a bit of a struggle doing it, but, but hopefully we've got it sorted out with Pākari. Um, along the way. And then we'll also be doing an Easter series in March, which culminates with Easter Sundays, the first Sunday in April this year, and the first term will more or less be over. So it's, it's kind of, um, heck, that's, that's, a, that's a quick year, isn't it? So we're talking unexpected journeys. We've, we've grabbed these five Sundays, and this is the third Sunday for us back as a church, to be able to explore um, something of how our faith grows on the journey unexpectedly, the twists and turns along the way how we're not the same at the end as we are at the beginning and how that's actually a reasonably good thing for us as we go. And so two weeks ago, I was speaking on um, David and, and, and the parallel journey, in a sense, in small ways that I feel like I've walked with him. And last week, Tim was talking um, Jacob and wrestling with God and some other things in our morning and night services. Um, and so exploring these things um, with the ebbs and flows of, of faith and life along the way. Today I'm going to be talking about Peter, and tonight Tim's going to be speaking to our evening congregation more, more about the disciples as a group, so you might like to check that out on Facebook Live or come along again if you would like to 
that would be fantastic. And then next week, what we're hoping to do is to share some of our faith stories from within the congregation. This is why we're sort of emphasizing a little bit of, do you have a faith story? You know, kind of is this something that's kind of made a real difference of God's provision of, you know, kind of at a time where you really needed in desperation, even in terrible time maybe, but, the, but the, you know, the arrival of God and the blessing of God that shaped you and, and changed your life over the time. So we'd love to hear those things. Just because you share it doesn't mean to say we're going to, you know, kind of put you up the front. Obviously, it's only as it's appropriate. But we would love to hear some of the stories from within our congregation. So maybe you could email that to me over the next couple of days would be really helpful along that. But today, I want to I look at Peter. And, and I want to, again, to a little degree... Do a wee parallel between Peter's life and my life, like I did with David, um, going back a couple of weeks ago. And Peter's life, or his, his recorded life in the in the biblical account, is one long, unexpected, and often complicated journey for anybody who knows a little bit about the life of Peter. And I've realized during the week that this is actually relatively rare in the New Testament. So it's relatively rare in the New Testament to be able to see someone go through lots of different phases of their life and faith stage. So Peter, in the context of unexpected journeys, is actually quite a good subject to begin to look at and explore and, and pull apart a wee bit. And so you have Peter, um, the first disciples called, called away from his fishing nets, follow me, Jesus says. You have Peter who's there at almost every key moment in the whole New Testament, the gospel story, um, and, and, and he's witnessing it. You have Peter at the day of Pentecost and preaching and 3,000 people becoming Christians. You have Peter through the first part of the book of Acts, and you've got a couple of letters towards the end of the scriptures, and nobody 100% knows whether Peter wrote them, but they have his name on them, and so he may have dictated them. Maybe someone else wrote them. Maybe he wrote them. But we have something of a, of a sort of a closing and reflecting back, perhaps, on some of the things that have come in his life over the time. And so it's a, it's a lovely little stretch through the New Testament that we see him in almost the whole of the New Testament as we go through. And so today I want to hopefully glean from some of those. So we'll know some of those stories. Tell me a, tell me a Peter story, somebody. Tell me what sort of story... Have you, do you, when, when we talk Peter, what do you think? Or, or what's Peter like? Give us a, give us a clue. Yeah, Kevin. Quite, quite impetuous. He, he was the one who first about what Jesus was going to say. Okay. He's, he's impetuous, gets him into trouble too, along the way, eh? What else? A bit slow. He's a bit He's a bit slow on getting things right and maybe a bit quick to jump in sometimes, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Okay. Okay, so that's a great Peter story. Acts chapter 3, walking past the gate, beautiful. Um, beggar begs, um, says, silver and gold, I have none, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Some, something like that anyway, eh, Matthew? So, yeah. Walking on water and not walking on water, you know, kind of as the, as the case may be. <laughs> So, yes, great Peter story. Any others come to mind? Yeah, Anne? Yes, yes, hearing the cock crow. Mike? Yeah, Malchus, the Roman. And Jesus kind of just picks it up out of the dirt and pops it back on again. It's like, it's like um, Mr. Potato Head or something like that. So I shouldn't say that. That seems a little, uh, yeah. Where did that come from? Oh, here it is in my notes. Joke. Yeah, yeah. Anyone got anything else? Yeah, Owen. Sorry, 
Oh, okay. I'd forgotten that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Peter. Yeah, not not just my feet, Lord. Wow, that's controversially the first pope. That's that's really significant. You know, on this rock I'll build my church, and that's what's the basis, you know, or a basis at least of of the Catholic Church. So these Peter stories, they they're kind of there, aren't they? They're important. They 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 kind of uh, have a a resonance with us. And I want to just take the opportunity of exploring some of those as we go through today. He was the first person to declare Jesus' divinity, which is kind of significant. You are the Christ, the Son of the risen God, living God. But that was followed by, you've got to love it, eh? You're followed by, yeah, but Jesus, you're not going to die about it. And Jesus rebuked him, get behind me, Satan, all in about two verses or something like that. It just, just happens along the way um, like that. Uh, he was also the first male witness of the resurrection, which was significant. Um, he's the first to go back fishing, um, but he's the first to dive out of the boat to swim towards Jesus when Jesus reappears on the beach. There's something about him that's, that's got to be lovable. Um, he has a vision of the sheet of animals that come down out of heaven, and I'm going to talk about that a little as we get to the end today. He, he's visited by an angel in jail. Um, and he's released from prison in incredible circumstances. And then he disappears a little in the middle of the book of Acts. So he's it's Peter, 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 Peter. You see quite a lot of it. And around about the middle of the book of Acts, Peter just, just you know, kind of just um, drifts into the, into the background. And James is um, kind of prominent as the leader of the Church of Jerusalem. And Paul becomes prominent as a, um, as a missionary and a church planter and um, traveling around and doing all of those apostolic things. Um, but he still has time to argue with Paul and James, which is kind of refreshing because you'd sort of think by then it would all be good, but they have some fights around law and grace and various things like that. Peter's just a great guy. And then, of course, as I say, we've got those two letters, first and second Peter, that carry his name. And so, um, you know, for today, let's, uh, let's sort of take that as being part of it, being in the Scriptures with us. Um, at the end of his life, it is church history would tell us in 67 AD, Peter was martyred upside down on a cross because he chose, Peter chose not to be crucified in the same way that his Lord was. And so upside down by Nero after the great fires of Rome. So, um, and, and, and that becomes the end of the process, uh, this great um, persecution. This is Caravaggio's um, crucifixion of St. Peter, um, which is a pretty graphic and epic kind of looking picture. And so it's one long, unexpected journey that he's taking. You know, I don't think he thought about any of these things when he left his nets to follow Jesus and respond to Jesus. My favorite Peter quote comes from John chapter 6, and it's not one that we've mentioned so far today. And it comes against a background of Jesus is starting to teach, and the teaching is a little hard for people to either understand but also to buy into. They're really struggling with it. And so um, some of the disciples, not the 12, but some of the other disciples who are following him begin to drift away. And Jesus sort of says, so are you going to drift away as well? Are you going to leave me as well? And Peter says, I, I think memorably, it's been so helpful to me over the years. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And, you know, as I reflect back perhaps on, you know, 40 years as being a Christian and sort of 30 years more or less in ministry and leadership and things like that, there have been numbers of times, not an overwhelming number of times, but from time to time with the sense of 
man, this is just too hard. It's just too painful. It's just too discouraging along the way. And this would be something of, of the, um, I don't know, the, the echo within my, within the, deep down somewhere that says, but he has the words of eternal life. He is God. He is Jesus. And this, is, this kind of keeps me in those times. And so maybe, you know, even for some people here today, this might be an encouragement along the way. It's like, yes, I could drift away. Yes, I could, you know, could, could stop, you know, um, being obedient. Yes, I could, you know, um, you know, just be a good person or something like that. But, but where would we really go? Because he, Jesus, has the words of eternal life. And that's what I want to be part of along the way. And so today I want to just um, have a bit of a go at um, a few things that maybe we could learn from the life of Jesus. What can we glean from Jesus's life? And I think one of the things that's um, been really significant to me over time is that when you meet the resurrected Jesus, it seems, that seems to change everything. And I think Peter, you know, you'd think, well, Peter has been with Jesus three years, hasn't he? And he's seen, I guess, the human Jesus. He's seen the teaching Jesus. He's even seen the miracle-working Jesus. He's even recognized him as being Lord. But something hasn't really landed yet. And what appears to land um, in the, and this is um, Raphael's restoration of Peter, what appears to happen in the process of when he meets the resurrected Jesus, everything changes at that point. He becomes quite a different person over that time. And I think we can sometimes be a little like that, almost settle for, oh, you know, the storybook Jesus. I know the stories of Jesus. You know, he was a pretty cool guy. Or the Sunday school Jesus, you know, and we're, we're doing Sunday school characters in a way, aren't we? David and Jacob and Peter today. And we, some of those stories that we've even put out today would be ones that we learned when we were five or ten or something like that in a Sunday school forum. Nothing wrong, wonderful of all of that. But the Sunday school Jesus, storybook Jesus, even the historical Jesus. He was, he was the best man who ever lived. You know, his sayings were really profound and really deep. And yet it seems to be when we meet the resurrected Jesus, when we meet him as, I don't know, maybe as we have communion or, or, or when, he, when he appears to us in a way that's life-changing, something changes. And that certainly happened for Peter. There's something about that that took Peter, I guess you could say, from fear to faith. Because he had these two big fear moments and maybe more, you know, kind of the being on the water and sinking and, and, and the denial of Jesus. And something transformed him in there that he could, by the early chapters of Acts, be lighting up really this, this emerging church thing um, with his miracles and power and preaching and courage and leadership and wisdom. And all of a sudden, Peter, who's a, a failure at the end of, in the end of the Gospels, becomes a, a great man at the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles. And it's this incredible thing that takes place as we, as we read about him and as we, as we look at him. And he goes from being a failure to, being, to, to living up to the new name that Jesus gave him. So he was Simon, and Jesus named him Peter, who was going to be the rock on which I build my church. So how do you get to know the resurrected Jesus? How, how do you do that? And, and I'm not, well, I'm, I'm convinced there's no formula for that. But I do think that it's something that we can be open to as we walk through our time and as we go through our year. And I would look back over 40 years, and, and I mean, you're splitting hairs when you're trying to work out, well, what, what's the resurrected Jesus or what's just the loving Jesus or whatever. But there have been maybe six or eight times where I have encountered 
I don't know, the power of God and the personal connection with God that has been absolutely life-changing and, um, and, and, and moulds me right to the time that I'm here today. And I think maybe the, the sort of the, the question that we can sometimes ask ourselves is, is where, if the resurrected Jesus wanted to walk into my life, would he be able to make contact with me? You know, kind of would I be open or would I be stuck in something else along the way that I, I wouldn't even notice that he was here along the way? And so in First Peter um, uh, 1, 3 to 5, it says, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, uh, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And maybe that's why I prayed for a miracle today, you know, because sometimes it's like, actually, we can, we can just experience the familiarity and the comfort of just coming and being at church, and then we move on. It's just a little part of a Sunday, really. And I think the resurrected Jesus wants to meet us from time to time and transform us along the way. Those are thought anyway. Then I think a thing we can see, partly because of the length of the life of Peter that we get to see through the New Testament, is that maturing over a lifetime changes everything as well. Um, and that's such an important thing for us to be. We see... You know, in, in embarrassing frankness sometimes in the Scriptures, Peter going from immaturity to maturity. The immature Peter is constantly questioning, constantly, you know, um, um, I don't know, um, biting back in a sense. Yeah, questioning even Jesus along the way. He's, he's rash, he's impetuous, he's foolish, as has been said today as we've shared. I love the sense of the unvarnished nature of the Scriptures. One of my favorite stories, not about Peter, but about James and John, is in Luke chapter 9. And Luke chapter 9 is just packed with stuff. It's the sending out of the, uh, the 12, two by two. What else is in there? There's the feeding of the 5,000. There's the, um, the Mount of Transfiguration. They're all in Luke chapter 9. So, I mean, it's just packed. And at the end of Luke chapter 9... There's this little thing with James and John, and they go to a, a Samaritan village, and they're not very well received there. And James and John have their nose out of joint, and they've just got a little bit of powers being, being given to them. And they say, why don't we just call down fire from heaven, and, and we'll wipe out that whole village? And it's like, in your naivety and in your immaturity, it's like, man, that's a good idea. Why, why, why don't we do that? You know, kind of these guys over there, that they're not smiling at me right at the moment. Why don't you just wipe them? You know, kind of, boom, just got a little bit. And it just says, and Jesus rebuked them. Man, I was just like, oh, flip, that would be incredible. But this whole sense of we, we go from immaturity and if, we're, and if we're smart enough, we, we at some stage achieve something of maturity along the way. And that's something that God wants us. And we've got to know and understand, and I guess we do as we get older, that you see things differently than when you're in your 40s and in your 20s or when you're in your 60s maybe than in your 30s or something like that. That, that life changes. Not that God has changed, but it's like he's, he's going to grow us and develop us. And we see that with Peter um, on his unexpected journey, and it can be unexpected and even frightening for us too, as the things that we held so dear sometimes get challenged, and yet it's an invitation of God to grow and to mature um, along the way. I had a young guy came and visit me this week, 
and um, just talking about his life and, and faith and stuff like that. And he said, he said, what I need, or, or, or he talked about, you know, kind of when you, when you ever see a story, be it a, a story in the movies or a book or something like that, or even a story in scripture, he says, there's always a moment where there's a wise sage who comes along who's able to kind of just put a finger on the things that are needed to be done. And it's like we need to, we need to have wise sages and we need to become wise sages because that's the growth thing that God's wanting us to do from immaturity, as beautiful as it is, to a maturity process. And we see that with Peter. Spiritual growth doesn't mean we lose the essence of who we are. So Peter would continue to be bold and quick thinking and, and influential. But when he used it in his own strength, there were, it became a liability. But when he submitted it to God, it becomes the catalyst that starts the church, really, in the early stages of the book of Acts. And so back in um, Second uh, Peter this time, it says, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. And I don't know about you, but I, I see in this progression taking place, as he's able to reflect from an, from an older age of a progression taking place, because we all start with faith, you know, kind of we've had an encounter with Jesus, and we become that, and then our lives clean up a bit, which is a, a really good thing and an important thing. And then we get some knowledge because we start to read the scriptures and we start to listen to podcasts and things like that. And then we start to get in, in this list at least, into things that are more perhaps things of the heart. So self-control, it's a fruit of the Spirit, self-control. And with patient endurance, which is another fruit of the Spirit. And with patient endurance, we get godliness, which is indefinable really, whatever godliness is or might be. And with godliness, brotherly affection. And by the end, we have love for everyone. It's like, which is actually quite a, quite a process that Peter's taken us through or, or, or is talking to us about here. And so we might ask ourselves, you know, even as we would ask ourselves, where does the resurrected Jesus, where would he find me this week? We might ask ourselves, well, am I maturing on my journey? Have I matured? You know, what is the next stage of maturity for me to be walking forward together? I think maturing in Jesus over time changes everything. And then kind of my last thought really for the day is this important thing that happens in Peter's life of staying open to, to a new revelation. And he has this incredible revelation in, in um, Acts chapter 10. Um, this is uh, Cavallino's um, St. Peter and Cornelius uh, the Centurion. And in Acts chapter 10, there's just this great story. And, and roughly it goes like this. Peter is, um, he goes up onto the roof of a building and he's fasting and, and he's, he goes up to pray. And he's hungry and there's some food being prepared for him. But while he's waiting for the food to arrive, he goes into a trance, some um, versions say, and he sees a vision. And in the vision, the sheet comes down from heaven, held at four corners, and in it are a whole lot of unclean animals. And God speaks to him in this vision, and he says, um, kill and eat. Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, quite rightly, no, I could never do that. I've never touched, killed, or eaten an unclean animal. And God says to him, you can't make unclean what I have made clean. That's essentially 
what he says. And Peter is responsive to this, even though it goes against everything he's ever learned or everything he's ever assumed about what faith is all about, about a proper out, outworking and acting of his faith. And it's a game changer because at the same time, parallel with that, this guy called Cornelius is, is being spoken to by God also in a dream, and God is bringing those two together. And the thing that happens is that, you know, kind of the Gentiles who have always been outside become inside because of the work of Jesus along the way. It's, it's an incredible thing that takes place. And so in Acts 10, uh, 28, it says, you, have, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. And so Peter is finding, at a relatively late stage, his life is being turned upside down by a new encounter with something of the, the magnificence of God. And it's incredible, isn't it? Because sometimes we think we understand this journey and this walk, but there are unexpected things out there. I've never seen it that way before. You know, kind of, my heart was warmed and I realize it's been cold all this time. You know, I realize that I've, I've, I've never, you know, kind of in, in the, you know, never been able to see outside the box that I've created. And God will introduce us on our unexpected journey into new ways of seeing the way that he loves his people or the way that he's directing us along the way. And like Peter, we will, be, we will do well to notice it and to be responsive to that. And so we could ask ourselves the question, you know, where would the resurrected Jesus find me this week or, or, or am I maturing on my journey? Um, and we could also ask ourselves the question, when did God last blow your mind? You know, when did you, when did you, you know, you went, wow. And it's like, I think there is, you know, Trove may be a place where God will blow your mind because you'll see things in, in that group that you've probably never heard of before. Or, you know, kind of what podcast you're listening to or, you know, whatever, whatever uh, you know, milieu that you can discover that is going to give you the opportunity to, in, uh, to discover God in a whole new and different way seems to be something that we should be doing. So let's um, think about our unexpected journeys. And where would the resurrected Jesus find me? Am I on a journey leading towards maturity? And what new things am I learning about God as a basis for how we approach and how we walk forward into this year? So I'd love you to stand, and we're just going to spend a few moments um, praying through those questions. So let's all stand. And then I'm going to introduce you to the communion table. For I think the first time this year. Did we, we didn't have communion last week, Tim, for the first time this year. So let's pray. And maybe, maybe you could just quickly look up at that board and pick a question for yourself. Which are those questions? And if you can think of a, a question you'd rather ask yourself, that's fine as well. And so, God, we just come before you on a journey, probably not able to really pinpoint where we are, but somehow aware that you're walking this thing with us. And Lord, we just, we ask that you would come into our journey and we give you permission to introduce us to the unexpected. Oh, there's many times that we, we don't want that at all, but just in this moment, we want to say, 
that the journey that you have for us is the journey that we want for ourselves. And so, Lord, I just pray for the third of people maybe who are here, who are pondering that question, where would the resurrected Jesus find me? And, Lord, I pray that you would take us to places in our heart and in our you know, physical locations where you could meet us. And where you wouldn't be a Sunday school Jesus or a picture book Jesus or a historical Jesus or a Jesus who spoke to me 10 years ago, Jesus, but you would be a living, dynamic, breathing Jesus in our lives today. Bless that third. And Lord, I want to pray for maybe the third who would be asking themselves even today about, you know, kind of how mature am I really? And have I grown in the way that he'd want to? And Lord, I pray that you would you would call forward our wise sages of any age so that they can be mature in our midst and in their context and families and friends and workplaces and that you would grow some more of us towards a mature stage. And we're never going to claim to be a wise sage, I'm sure, but, but I'm sure, Lord God, you have got that and you're putting it in people's lives even as we speak. And then, Lord, I pray about this whole idea of, of just, this sense of newness, of discovering you in a whole new way. And for those third who may hang on to that as, a, as a, um, an invitation, Lord, I, I pray that you'd take the blinkers off. I pray that you'd open the box. I pray that you'd, you'd give us a real sense of your, of your bigness. And Lord, that we would walk into that, even if it might be contrary to some of the things that we had assumed just before we realized it. And so just as we, as we come to the end of that prayer, I just really encourage you to maybe, maybe just say yes under your heart. Say yes towards something of an unexpected journey. And so as we come to the end of our service, we're going to have communion together. And, um, you know, communion is an opportunity, in my mind, one of the great, I don't know, privileges and blessings of communion is to come back to zero, is to, is to have a sense that all is forgiven, maybe, if that's what you need, um, but that all is right with the world, that the invitation of God to, to come back to a place of, I don't know, communication, of talking to him, and of being available. And so in the, under, the, under the umbrella, in a sense, of our unexpected journey, and under the umbrella of these questions, and under the umbrella of communion as one of the sacraments that's so precious to the Christian church, I want to encourage you to come forward and have communion together. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.